With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another touchdown? Why doesn't he pick him up and put him down? And you can read the lips of Mike Tomlin just saying, wow, man, and this is a This team wow. is pure so trash. Right. No one would have never stood for any of this. Ah. Why are you so angry? It's not even halftime. You know they always come back. Eh, bah humbug. Fire Ben, fire Tomlin. Well, you can be miserable all by yourself. I'm out of here. Ah, I'm turning this off. I can't wait until Big Ben is gone so I can try to like the Steelers again. Bah humbug. Who is that? Let's go, Steel Trap. Is, it's no time to take a nap. Yokel Doko. Myron Cope? Is that you? Well, it ain't Chris Fumatu Mahafala. What you doing down here in my apartment? I'm here to warn you. Tonight, you'll be visited by three ghosts. Ghosts? I ain't afraid of no ghosts. You should be Yokel Doko. You haven't been a 60-minute man. You've been a bad fan. Might need to turn in your terrible towel. What you mean I've been a bad fan? What you talking about? 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 What Yen's talking about presents a Yenzer Christmas Carol. Brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain, Ireland's 32, Beechin's Market, and the Fayette County Fair. And a 
and Bud's Light? You got Where it. am I? It's the Greenfield Pub. No way! That place closed down like six years ago. Well, look at the Pittsburgh Press sitting there. It's 1977. Pittsburgh Press? Wait a, wait a minute, who are you? I'm the ghost of Yenzer Pass. What are you doing here? To show you what it was really like to watch the Super Steelers. For real? That's rad. Since you drove, I'll buy the beers. Bartender, two irons. That'll be a buck fifty. Want us that a tab? A buck fifty? This is better than sneaking backstage when Donnie Iris opened for Foghat. They're not even on the scoreboard. This game is over. We're barely 500. Put on mod. Look at Ernie Holmes, that dope head. Can you imagine if someone on the Bucks like Parker or Ellis was caught with drugs? No one doesn't have them ready. Spent all summer testifying in court. Ah, that lawsuit was BS. Bunch of divas, Lambert, whining about money and wanting to trade. You'll get paid when you have as many championships as the Buckos. Turn it off. I want to watch Mod. Wait, don't turn it off. This is one of the greatest teams of all time. No, wait, wait. No! Ah! Can you imagine living through the 70s dynasty and not even wanting to watch them? Don't those guys realize it'll never be this good again? Let's go somewhere else to watch the game. Bartender, can you close me out? Here's my card. What is this? We only accept cash, and Gallatin Bank is closed. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any cash. Uh, can you just put it on my tab? It's just a couple bucks. Uh, come on, I've got to see the game. That's it, Cuzzy. I'm calling the cops. No, no. I I just want to watch the game. No. 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 Ah. 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 Oh, it it was all a dream. Wow. Wow. That was was real. I, I can still taste the iron. Gross. Go brush your teeth. Ah. We're late. You were real! Where, where, where are we going? Ah! Oh my god, this turned out to be the greatest game ever! Minutes, the Pittsburgh Steelers have scored 28 points. Hey, can she see us? I, I'm in my gutchies! She can't see or hear you. Uh, isn't this like breaking and entering? Where I'm from, it's called ghosting. I can't believe he's missing this. Hey, you dumb yinzer, pick up the phone. You're missing a classic. I'm right here. I can see it. Ghosty, how do, how do I flick at the light so she knows I'm here? Have you tried the breaker box? You know what? That's the last time I'm watching the game with him. I could have been at Primanti's with Cheryl. No, don't cut me off. I'm right here. Tell her I'm right here. Tell her. Tell her. No, no. Where, where, where am I now? Oh, 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 I think I'm going to lose my rolling rocks. Why, why are we at this church? What? Why are there so many people here at this church? What is this? Some some kind of funeral? 
Why have you gone quiet all of a sudden, ghost? Is, is this, is this, is this my, my, my funeral? Look at the program, dummy. In loving memory of Big Ben, 1982 to 2071. Are we in 2071? Ben still holds team records for most wins, touchdowns, and fourth quarter comebacks. Wow, we still never replaced him after all these years. Ben was the best we ever had. Wait, I know who this is. Why did you bring me here? Where is everybody? Why am I all alone? Fire Tomlin. No! Floor! Modell's meatballs! <laughs> no! No! I don't want to go down! I don't want to be a meatball! No, I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Please! Please! I don't, I don't want to go down! I'm sorry! I'm sorry! second chance and that means there's still four games left in the season i i can i can still actually see big ben play this is gonna be the best christmas ever i'm never gonna hide my stealer love under a bushel again i'm gonna scream it from the rooftops here we go Steelers hey, shut up here we go Steelers here we go here we go Steelers here we go here we go Steelers here we go no come on here we go Steelers here we go here we go Steelers here we go here we go Steelers here we go Steelers, here we go. I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy. We talking about Twitter. Triple joy. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December because we have to. We won't go into shell. We're going to go into attack mode because uh, that's what's required. It's what Jen's talking about. Unleash hell edition part two. <laughs> Only on Behind the Steel Curtain, we are the conversation about the Steelers' conversation. I'm Kyle Kreiss. Here with me, as always, is Greg Benevins. Hello! 
And I think that uh, I think we can speak freely. I, I think all the fair weather fans are probably have uh, have dropped us from their listening lineup at this point. And I believe they are hibernating for the winter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've stored up like a fat bear, ready for uh, ready for draft day in April. But we are here mm-hmm. exposing all the hilarious and uh, hysterical hot takes on the internet and social media. Mm-hmm. Um, more hysterical than hilarious, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you know, hilarious in like a uh, like like that uh, like that scary movie was hilarious. I don't know. <laughs> like if you laughed during what was the what was mm-hmm. what was the the guy who did the fountain. Uh, Ar- Darren. Oh, Darren Aronofsky. And what was his really scary movie? Uh, uh, Requiem I mean, for a Dream. For okay, a dream. well, that, that wasn't technically a horror movie, but yes, that's, that's. Oh, it wasn't. You know, it's a good sign. We've started with a Requiem for a Dream reference. That, yeah. That's a sign about how things have gone. We are the Requiem for the Dream of Steelers <laughs> podcasts. If you can laugh during this podcast, then you are a true weirdo. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a, it's a long week since last week we covered the mm-hmm. Titans, or I'm sorry, the um, whatever team we lost that, to. That last was week. the Vikings that time. The yes. Vikings, that's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot that we we don't play them often enough. I forgot that they're out there. <laughs> uh, but we used, you know we, we still got some lingering issues from mm-hmm. Vikings week to uh, to touch to touch yes. on before we get over to Titans week and and the rest of unleashing hell. Mm-hmm. Let's get to some of the. Unfitness vision, and I can't even talk. What you know? Turn off the podcast now. No, no talking. Let's get to the tweets. Mm-hmm. Everyone's still talking about Claypool, mm-hmm. uh, Chase Claypool, second year player. Uh, you know, twenty nothing years old, mm-hmm. second year player. But you know, we we got to talk to him like he's Heinz Ward or something. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? I'll start with I'll start with Tony Dungy mm. at Tony Dungy. The difference between a true pro and learning to be a pro. And he posted pics of Larry Fitzgerald and Chase Claypool. Okay, so the guy that was taken like third or fourth overall and came within a few votes of the Heisman Trophy versus the guy that was a second round pick and like the third option on his team. Yeah, the guy that you never we never heard of until he started scoring 10 (laughs) touchdowns his rookie year uh, compared to Larry Fitzgerald, who has been an all pro since uh, they announced his name. Right, and probably one of the greatest receivers of all time at any level. I mean, maybe one of the league's greatest players of all time. I mean, none of that's to excuse. Excuse Claypool, it really isn't. This was stupid, and it, there's a not impossible case that it cost the team a game. But uh. I'm to the point where people are going so hard on Claypool that I'm circled all the way back around to defend him. You know, our own behind the steel curtain, Shannon White tweeted me like, "Oh, are you defending Claypool?" Uh-oh. And at the time, I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not defending him. I'm just stating what the facts are, and these are the facts: is mm-hmm. that the first quarter mm-hmm. mishaps." By Chase Claypool were more uh, were more disheartening than that f- the fourth quarter you know point for the first down. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, to me, the fourth quarter sure the fourth quarter thing is not above the neck football. No, but no, by any means, it, it, it's also more optics than results because we we got two more first downs after that and had a game winning play fall out of uh or get knocked out of Muth's hands. So, you know, you can complain about oh he he 
signaled for a first and the ball got didn't get to the ref in time but uh it's a moot point because we you know we we, we finished the game and almost won it still <laughs> well i think it, it, the fact that we're having this conversation about which thing did he do was dumber shows just how badly this went for him for the most part but i mean obviously you're never going to give up on a guy with this kind of talent and again i mean not to put the absolute lowest of standards here but man i'm so much happier that we're talking about mistakes this guy's made on the field yeah exactly like well, it's yeah. you know what i mean like it's like i could live with i could live with something dumb on the field that can be corrected versus something horrid off of it again that's not to excuse any of this it made terrible stupid things that he literally can't do these again but you know it's, it's it's i'll take a guy that points and you know makes a stupid taunting penalty versus a guy that's uh does just something genuinely bad i mean yeah we we're not at a b levels where he's you know being a uh a negative uh, force in the locker room we're not even at martavius bryant level which <laughs> i was trying to think like well how did we how did we fall out with because he the poor guy kept smoking weed i mean it's something that if it comes around a few years later it's totally okay like that's a sad story like yeah uh, and, mm-hmm. and keep rooting for him and where is he in calgary now or uh, i have no i hope he's somewhere doing fine i hope he's returning punts in the cfl with the all-time cfl punt return champion chris rainey <laughs> Well, that that's that's a fun that, that deserves a that deserves a fun fact there. Um, I loved what you know. Once again, a great moment in leadership. They asked Tomlin about it, and everyone thought he was going to come and you know we're going <laughs> to we're going to teach Chase Claypool what it means to be a Steeler. We're going to teach him what it means to be a hustler. And instead, Coach came out with another classic quote. Let's let's get to the tape. We're going to continue to push that growth and development as long as he's a willing participant what uh, he has been and, and so we're just going to keep moving forward what uh, that can be said about a lot of guys what you know, these guys don't come to you as finished products what um, that's another component of coaching that i embrace and we collectively embrace uh it's the reason why that we make what we make and there's so many of us because these guys are less than finished products what in most instances we get and when we get them and so there's a growth and development that has to take place. You guys are witnessing growth and development in Deontay Johnson, not only in quality of play and skills relative to his position, what? but in, in maturity. Uh, he's a year older than Chase. And so um, we're seeing um, the pains of growth and development sometimes when young people have to participate. We see inconsistencies in Presley Harvin's performance. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've had less than ideal plays um, from Pat. Whoa, okay, whoa, coach. No, leave Pat's name out your mouth. Okay, whoa. But I love how coach, you know, he came out and he said, hey, this is a kid. And, uh, you know, he didn't condone the action, but he's just like, he's not like, I'm not going to ground the guy. I'm not sending mm-hmm. him to his room for this. Right. It, it's, it shows so much about how so many of us think that the only example of leadership is to be harsh. That the only oh. way you can be a leader is to be mean, when really that's not what leadership is for the most part. It's about having – when you say someone gives tough love, the emphasis doesn't just have to be on tough. What I did think about hearing that wonderful clip again is that it's going to be exactly that kind of thing that like two years from now when a job's open at Ohio State, why somebody's going to be like, ah, oh, Tomlin should be a college coach because he says <laughs> things like that. Who's coaching this ball club? Mike T. <laughs> Tell him, Bryant. I, 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 you know, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's get to the tweet from at Relic X. 
The mm. fact Tomlin is standing by Chase Claypool shows a true coach. 40% of the fan base turned on Chase. I, I don't know whose timeline you're on. It's more like 140%. Right. This is for real optimist, Mr. Relic. Chase is still a large factor for the Steelers. You know, uh, despite you know whatever bonehead play we saw on all the on all the highlights, the real highlights was what he did put up on the stat sheet, uh, including the you know he he made a AB esque uh, type catch there in the fourth that kept that drive going. Yeah, and I think that that you know, and obviously no one wants to hear it right now, but that in and of itself shows a bit of a level of mental toughness and a bit of ability to bounce back as you do something very stupid earlier in the game and then go on to make a great play later on. Obviously, then he does the thing with you know making the gesture when they're driving and all that. But uh, but yeah, it's it's again you're not going to give up on a guy for doing stuff like this. Did it hurt the team? Yes. Is it something he has to stop? Absolutely. But this is also fixable. I mean, it it, it really is. Uh, and, you know, and, anyone will live with that. And we're we got four games left, and we're still you know, believe it or not, Steeler Nation, <laughs> we are still trying to make a playoff push. This believe it, and we're gonna need uh, we're gonna need Claypool out there mm-hmm. because we got a lot to work to do. Uh, and you know, we've got a lot to do. We've got to. Uh, I don't know what we've got to do. We've got to. We're always trying to get eight pounds in a five pound bag. We got to stuff eight pounds <laughs> in these last three weeks. Uh, let's all right. Let's move on to the other scapegoat on the defensive ah. side. I'm talking about Devin Bush, who you know he went. He talked to reporters this week, mm. and we've got the quote here from Dale Lawley at D Lawley PGH. The quote from Devin Bush, obviously nobody on the Steelers is playing up to their potential. Nobody's playing good football. I'm not going to single myself out. Now, the fans thought that was the worst thing he could have said. I'm not going to single myself out. No personal responsibility. Well, you know, Ben's up there every week saying it's my fault. It's my fault. But where's Devin Bush saying it's my fault? I I will admit when I first heard that Devin Bush was going to speak to the media, I thought, ah, this is a bad idea. But um, (laughs) I, I, I find the comments odd, but I can't shake the feeling that this is like, Again, you like. I always want to give Tomlin the benefit of the doubt and such things. And I'm glad that you compared it to Roethlisberger, always taking responsibility and always being like, "Hey, it's my fault." Since you know he's the quarterback and all that, I kind of wonder if I, I I can't see the alternative of what the fans wanted being better here. If Bush goes on this thing and says, like, yeah, you know, I've been screwing up a lot. Like, I'm slow. I've definitely <laughs> lost a step. I can't cover those guys out there whatsoever. I'm glad they're putting Spillane out there. Have you seen that guy <laughs> run downhill? Like, I, I, I don't get, you know, it's – it's. I'm not going to single myself out as one of those things to – like like when we did this with the Joe Sher- Schobert pra- yeah. practice comments yeah. about a month ago, that looks a lot worse in print than it does to hear the guy say it. It, it sounds like an abdication of responsibility versus – like, hey, we all kind of suck right now, which I imagine is what he meant. It's, I can't say that I was like glad to see him say these things, but there was no good way this was going to come out. What did Steeler Nation want him to say out there? Well, right now we're on the worst uh, rushing Steeler team in history. <laughs> you know, we're giving up five yards per rush more than any team ever. And that goes back to the years before Noel when, right. you know, guys were playing both sides of the ball. I've uh, personally been in Cox with Joel Steed to figure it out. I yeah. mean, where is this going? Like, uh, you know, Delvin Cook has really been doing his squats, I can tell, by chasing him down there. His glutes are in great form. Uh, you know, I can uh, see them as he ran in that direction away from me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I want to point to the expert take here on Behind mm-hmm. the Steel Curtain because okay. our own Jeffrey Benedict did a great film room article showing mm-hmm. that, hey, Devin is putting the work in. He may not be 
you know, busting up every run behind the line, but he's hitting his gaps. He's He seems to be in the right place, uh, at least more so against the Vikings than in the past couple weeks. Okay. I mean, it. you know, this thing has, you know, we, you can see the decline in how we felt about Devin Bush just in the way we've talked about him here on this podcast. A month and a half ago, it was like, well, let's see how this goes. Today, we're like, well, he was probably in the right place. And, um <laughs> But you know, and it's and it, 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 it again, it, it, I don't know. I I, I kind of I wonder if. I mean, my first thought when I read and saw his comments were like, I wonder if they're telling him this because, like, to be any harsher with it would kind of crush the guy mentally. They it were will. like, you have been messing up, so it's like, hey, it's not just you, big dog. Like, I, I kind of wonder if maybe that was their take. You've got Chase on one side, and it's like they're, they're you know they're kind of giving him the the their support still, and they did earlier in the year with Bush. You know, yeah. they talked about how he won their comeback player of the year and how. He's still dealing with that. You know, again, this seems to be uh, the coaching on these on both these players seems to be above the neck. We're you know, we're really coaching well on them, Mm -hmm, despite mm -hmm. what we're seeing on tape. It's what's going on behind the scenes. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, Again, hopefully. I don't you know, (laughs) I don't know. It's uh, you know, it's uh, uh, I can't even find the where's the clip. Okay, whatever. I can't find it. Uh, Moving on. All right. Let's Mm -hmm. move on to Ben at. Dale Lawley. Did we already have a Dale Lawley? We are. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Lawley's good, though. We're I mean, going I've back to Dale Lawley, Lawley here. Uh-huh. If these are indeed the final four regular season games in Ben's story career, the Steelers should let him finish the way he's always done, slinging it. Is it time to just take the reins off? Well, I mean, I, I didn't know the reins were on. I mean, for one. <laughs> and two, like, this is, I mean, I love Dale, but I mean, it's Dale, Dale even knows the first couple of years that was not the way Ben had always done it. I mean, that was, you know, you go back to the early years. And stuff. But there is something, I mean, it, it you know, if, if this is going to go bad, I, I do think, you know, it's, it's, it, it I mean, as, as loath as I am of all people to be like, ah, oh, they let Ben take control in the second half, and that's why they always did so well. I mean, you know, there have been some pretty amazing almost comebacks here in the last few weeks. And oh, yeah. So I, 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 the idea of Ben sling, and maybe, and I'm sure no matter how bad the first halves have looked, that was in some way a setup to what would come in those second halves. But... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I could see that if, you know, if you are, you know, if they're in the determination of what the play is going to be airing more on the side of Ben uh, here at the, uh, the end of things makes sense. You know, it's it, what, what the, what that, what it kind of says to me is we don't want, we don't want a game plan. We don't want a Canada game plan. Let's just put it in Ben's arms and, you know, see what he can do. But we know we can't do 60 minutes of a two minute drill. Right, right. And also, I, when Ben does the thing when he points up at Canada after a touchdown, that I don't think he does that like ironically or like without meaning it. I, I think you know how many times you've ever seen Ben do that to anybody, any of the offense. I mean, they weren't always up in the booth, but yeah. you know him point with a, a loving gaze at Todd Haley, like that wasn't <laughs> happening. Like, and then you know. a little pat on the rear from uh, from Todd there. <laughs> yeah, that was at d- different times. Different times. Uh, one last point here on Ben. If I can find it from at Steelers DB, Derek Roethlisberger had his most accurate game of the season as against the Vikes. 34 of his 40 attempts were charted as on target. That's 89.5% of his throws as a whole. So is this, uh, I don't know how you chart things like accuracy, but no idea. Uh, you know, it felt like one of Ben's 
best games as a as a thrower. I know, you know, I guess we're comparing the fourth quarter maybe to the four, first three. But Yeah, and I think also, too, when I see all these stats, what I don't see is like the five sacks he took and the constant pressure he was under, particularly in the first half. So, I mean, all this sounds accurate for something that happened in the second half. I mean, when you read these stats, I was struck by how much the rise of these, what, next-gen stats have occurred over the course of Roethlisberger's career. Like, do you think he knows any of this? Anyone's ever <laughs> mentioned any of this kind of foolishness, even in Ben's presence? Like, I mean, uh, we. I mean, I, I go back to the video. What was the, the pregame interview with the quarterback and he's uh, he's asking about ben's mechanics and oh ben's like, yeah i bet yeah i bet it's no idea yeah there's there's an old interview from after they won super bowl 40 i remember with cower where cower's like he watches no tape like we've been trying to convince him to do it someday he will but gosh damn ben all right uh, <laughs> i think i mean obviously that was then and that was i think it was in the sporting news actually but which might not even be around anymore but yeah but that and obviously that was then and things have changed and now ben works out and all this but you know it's just just in his career, we've seen how much this kind of thing, you know, this advanced stats has taken over everything. Well, we, we've got a little bit more Ben to talk about in the second half because, you know, some people, uh, including some legends, uh-huh. want Ben to come back for another year. So, you know, maybe this isn't Ben's last hurrah. We've got to talk about that. We, uh, the legacy, legacy players are still real mad. Oh. Uh, and... And of course, we got to look to the future. A lot coming up in the second half of the show, but we've got to support our sponsors Woo. because without our sponsors, there would be no Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network. So uh, buy the brain pills or <laughs> listen to the podcast or if it, AT&T. Hey, if you got to go get AT&T, if that's how right. you can support Behind the Steel Curtain. Yeah, maybe AT&T sells brain pills. Uh, all right, let's go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, welcome back. Behind the Steel Curtains, what Jin's talking about. Uh, we promised we would have a little bit more Ben stuff to talk about, but we've got it, you know, the legacy. Legacy mm. players are still mad this week. Still can't be, can't be angrier mm-hmm. uh, than these legacy players. Let's get to the tweets. First, we've got Mean Joe Green himself, who came mm. on CBS Sports Radio. And all the years I've been watching my team, that first half was probably the saddest day I've had in all my years of playing and in all my years since retirement. Wow. I mean, it, sure, maybe it was statistically the, uh, the the lowest point in you know recent history, but of all time? Well, I mean, my first thought was that I love the way he said that first half was probably the saddest day. And I'm like, yes, that first half felt like it took an entire day. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was a 24-hour-long first half. Mean Joe is absolutely correct. It, uh, I mean, what... You know, you and I talked about this when I read that. What I immediately thought of was the 2003 team, the 2002 team. Where was Joe on those? But I think where he's coming from here is I think there was 
an expectation of this team doing better. And we talked, you and I talked about this like a month ago about, you know, it's, it's when you see so many of the fans, you know, lash out, it's because their expectations for this team were higher and the team couldn't meet them. And I wonder if a lot of what we're seeing, this is the first time that really hit for the legacy guys, for the guys like that are connected, like Joe and all the others that, you know, probably still talk to people over there and they're like, Hey, no, 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 it's all right. Mean Joe, we're turning it around. Things are going to be okay. And then this is the first time where I thought, man, I, I've been snowed along it's, this doesn't seem like it's going to be that way you know all the all the predictions in the in august though had steelers at you know five wins or six wins i think the vegas over under was six and a half wins yeah, it was it was it was, it was, it was it, i think at some place it was 500 but others i think you're right it was in a round even worse than this yeah so you know on on one level you would say that we're overperforming our mm-hmm. expectations i know you know the standard is always a super bowl but uh with with the team that we we have this year and the expectations that everyone else put on us, I, we're we're exceeding those expectations. Maybe not Joe Green's expectations, but hey, little footnote in that same interview, uh, Mean Joe there said that he hopes Ben comes back next season. I mean, it it it's easy to say that after when the last thing you saw was that fourth quarter. It's not as easy to say that when the last thing you saw was the Bengals game. <laughs> is it, is it going to come down to the fourth quarter of the Ravens game in January? And uh, we're, we're going to base everything on just that performance. Oh, Ben did it. He had it there. We're going to keep him. Oh, Ben didn't have it. Retire. I, I, I don't, I, I still think he's, he thinks he's done. I still think that's, that's kind of it. I, I'd be, I mean, it, but I, while I don't think he's coming back and I don't think he really wants to, I do think he kind of wants to retire. I, 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 you know, my personal percentage of such things is ticked up from like, well, there's a 2% chance he'll come back to like 10, like after a fourth quarter like this, after like, cause I can totally see if something like you talked about happens that it's very easy to walk into that locker room after a tough loss to the Ravens, or maybe you win and just don't get in cause you don't get help or something. And for him to be like, man, I, next year you could, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then, but every time he comes back, you run a little bit more of that risk of just com- the body completely shutting down, everything completely falling apart. It's so much worse than Peyton with the uh, the champion Broncos there at the end. Like I think, yeah, like you said, we've seen Ben give the signals that this is his final. I, right. You know, look back at Cleveland week that you know he was saying that this is the really final. Really felt that way when he, when Tomlin was asked about Ben. Uh, and, and Tomlin was kind of like, I, I'm surprised this is news to y'all. You know, I right. think he said something like that. Uh huh. And but I, you know, I could see. I, you know, let's flash forward to August. Right. And let's say Mace, uh, Mace gets a hit and is knocked out, and all of a sudden we're out of options. You know, a week before uh, game one. You know, could you, you know, maybe a little phone call to the bat, the bat signal there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think you have to wait till August. I mean, I could see if they come, you know, they come through the draft and they're not able to bring in an experienced guy. Maybe they're not able to get one of those big draft picks. And then, you know, that's the kind of thing where I could see like, okay, you know, the willy or won't he becomes more will he than not. But I could also see like a week after the season ends, we have a nice press conference. That's sort of where I think this maybe is. Maybe not even a week. It might be the right. Monday. The yeah, Monday after. Day, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we do it. By, yeah, we do it by Tuesday in what would have been Tomlin's regular spot. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. One more thing on the legacy players. Let's go to at Jim Stam 22. Mm. 
Uh, enough former Steelers have spoken out about things of late. It should give you a pause about what this organization is right now and who is responsible for it. Uh, I think this is the worst take out there that, you know, Tomlin has lost the locker room once again. He's lost the locker room. A, a guy pointed on a first down. He's lost the locker room. Uh, you know, Rocky Blyer hates us. Uh, you know, Ryan Clark hates us. We, You know, it's, it's Tomlin's fault. What Some of these legacy players... Don't even know what's going in the locker room, uh, Rocky Blyer. Uh, you know what? What? What does these legacy critiques really mean in the well, big Well, I mean, I, I I can't speak to how connected Rocky Blyer and Ryan Clark are to anybody, but I I I I share their disappointment. I get being disappointed. That makes all the sense in the world to me. The being disappointed about seeing this team lose and particularly seeing this team down very big in the first half. I I I, I mean it at frankly, I'm sort of glad they're emotionally particularly in Rocky's case, still emotionally invested enough to be this upset. I I have no problem with that. I mean Clark's a little bit different. He's on your TV. But um I don't I I think it just kind of stands in for a different kind uh, just another level of disappointment from the rest of us. I mean, I can see if if you are a fan that is upset, I can see seeing these legends talk about it and be upset and feeling validated by that. So I get that. I like I said, I don't know if it means a whole whole lot more than that. I mean, it it, it you know, it's it's it I mean, how do I want to word this? Like it's 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 not – I don't know if it, – it's easy to be like, oh, it's a cultural problem. I'm like, I'm not sure it's a cultural problem that defensive line is bad. Like, it yeah, doesn't strike – you yeah. know, it's not a, a cultural problem that, like, the offensive line is young dudes that miss folks a lot. Like, that doesn't strike me as, like, ah, people that don't care. It's actually people that maybe aren't good enough. <laughs> All right. Good point. Let's move on to Titans Week. We've got – at Blitz Videos, mm -hmm. from 97 to 2000, the Steelers lost seven straight games against Tennessee, mm -hmm. and they were 2-10 and 10 from 97 to 03. And I went and looked back. We're 2-6 and six in our last eight games against Tennessee. Is Tennessee our kryptonite? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's their, you know, like... Like when they build a house over a, a, a burial ground in the suburbs, like the Titans are built over the, you know, the vengeful ghosts of the Houston Oilers. So this is like, and see those spirits coming back. It, um, well, I mean, you know, look at 97-03. That Titan team was what? Steve McNair. It was yeah. Eddie George. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I don't even remember the name of the great receiver they had. They had a whole bunch of great receivers. I mean, it was, they were tremendous the whole way through. It, um, well, they two and six in the last eight games in Tennessee. Tennessee's usually a pretty good team. I mean, it, you know, that, 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 I mean, they're not always uh, world beaters, but it's, there's very few seasons where Tennessee is bad. But are we the Cleveland to Tennessee's Steelers? No, because we don't see them twice a year anymore. I mean, it's it's you don't see a team enough to do that. It uh, besides, I can remember some wins against Tennessee recently. The one where um, you know, uh, Le'Veon carried the ball what felt like sixty times or something like that. I remember that win. I remember the one on Thursday night where they made them wear those goofy fluorescent blue jerseys in Heinz Field. I remember that oh, one. Yeah, I remember the OT win. That might have been over a decade now, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that was the win right after Super Bowl forty three. I mean, it's you know, I mean forty. Yeah, 43 that, um, yeah, so it, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's when they play Tennessee, they're rarely going to blow them out, but it's usually a pretty good team. I mean, they're not a bad uh, measuring stick in most years. Well, is this the measuring stick for the game? We've got at 
Aditi Kinkumbabla. Sure. The Steelers' defense is struggling in their last four games, giving up 30 points, 30.6 points. But the Titans' offense is struggling in the last four games. They've only scored an average of 17.25 points. Which, which will overcome the weak defense or the weak offense? What they used to say in, in professional wrestling, it's like the movable object versus the immovable force. I forget what it is. But yeah, when they're bad. But say your the- prayers, eat your vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> immovable object yeah i think you got it, it. something like it yeah girl about so you can help me out but no it i don't know i mean it it i do know that whatever the titans offense is doing no matter who's back there they're going to run the ball i don't know who's going to run the ball i don't know whether they're going to be 42 years old or 21 but regardless they're going to run the ball so it, it's if the steelers could stop whoever this person is a genuine nameless gray face from running the ball then it feels like they have a decent chance in this game all right, all right. Let's get to uh, let's get to the speed round. Or no, no. Before we get to the speed round, we got you know everyone's talking about the future because they've given up on the present. Mm-hmm. So let's go to Todd McShay from ESPN at McShay thirteen mock draft one Steelers select Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett twelfth overall. I mean that, that that's man. It, it's just so easy to look at that and think like okay, my mock draft is due at midnight. I have done like so <laughs> little of this. All right, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, good. I've got like twenty more of these to go. I can get this done in time. It um. I mean, maybe, uh, sure. I, like I said, I can't shake. Th- I really do believe there's been too many rumors of Tomlin once an experienced QB for me not to believe that's the case. And I, I would I imagine if all of that fails and they can't get an experienced QB that Tomlin likes, then I could see them trying to draft uh, 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 somebody. But, uh, you know, it it. it that feels high for me and Pickett. I certainly enjoyed watching him play at Pitt, but uh, I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's. I don't think we're even number twelve. I think I think we're going to be lower in, in that in the, in the scheme of things, where a, you know a quarterback may not even be in the calculations. Plus, when you give up five yards per carry, uh, is a quarter. You know, we could have. Aaron Rodgers back right. there, and it might not, and it might not matter. Exactly, and it's. I mean, I, I know Labriola said the other day on the Steelers Nation radio that it's no matter what happens, he sees them drafting a defensive lineman in the first round, and that feels pretty legit, especially if Tomlin can get anybody to be this uh, veteran QB to come in. Let's go to, you know, I didn't think he'd make an appearance here ever, but hey, let's go to at Steigerwald. Oh my word, John Steigerwald here. You know, I think Pickett is really good. But I think it would be better for him to avoid the circus that would come with being drafted by the Steelers. I, what does that? What exactly does that mean? Well, what that means is that it, it it means exactly what we just said at the prior tweet we talked about, putting the word Pittsburgh next to the word Pittsburgh. That's what it means. <laughs> That's what it means is that, you know, I mean, it. What a swell coming out of that stadium when the when Larry Richard yells from Pitt. You know, <laughs> every time he comes out. That's what Staggerwald's talking about. It's so nice to see Staggerwald here with like a, a take from our planet. Like, what are the odds? <laughs> But um, but yeah, but no, it it I think that's what he's talking about. I mean, it, you know, and I don't know much about Kenny Pickett. He seems like a good guy, but it's it's so hard not to think of like Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. You know, drafted first, a uh, real high to save his hometown team, and thank God, you know, Kenny's like he's from Jersey or something, right, or from New York. He's not from Pittsburgh, I don't think. So that, but even then, I think that's what I see the circus being taken by the Steelers versus some guy from you know, uh, 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 wherever. I mean, it's 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 just putting that Pittsburgh next to Pittsburgh that I think does create that circus. That's a joke to me. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the speed round here because uh, we're, we're already going. We're already – all right, we got lots to get to. Let's go quickly to uh, – 
Well, let's let's start with at Alex Kazora. Mason okay. Rudolph still has the longest rush by a Steeler this season, 26 yards. Wouldn't that be a weird stat of the 2021? I mean, that'd be weird on the side of sad, but yes, that is definitely <laughs> weird. That is a weird stat. At, um... While we're talking running backs, let's go to at Ben B. Baldwin, the computer cowboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the James Conner thing is funny because the Steelers would rather spend a first-round pick on a running back than just keep Conner for like $2 million a year. That this was just you know Connor is just having a Pro Bowl year over in Arizona, and some of the conversation from the fans is that you know he didn't have it. We didn't give him a chance here. We could have drafted that. We could have drafted Creed Humphreys as our center and kept James Connor as our running back. What is that? Just revisionist history? Of course it is. Connor got hurt every time, every year. They loved Connor. I love Connor. Connor was great. Just you know, Connor was terrible behind the uh, uh, offensive line that was probably about as good as this one. And it's not his fault. He's a fine runner. It's just he couldn't stay healthy and he couldn't run behind a substandard line. Connor. Well, in the beginning of the season, Connor wasn't even the number one in Arizona. They had Chase Edmonds, mm-hmm. uh, who you know who got hurt. So he used this opportunity and had a great season. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going out and buying a thirty jersey <laughs> yet. Right? It's not. It's too late for that. Let's mm-hmm. let's go move on. Well, hey, still in the running back conversation, we've got at Jerome Bettis thirty six. The Steelers have neglected their offensive line. Been nine years since Pittsburgh used a first or second round pick on an offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, one, they had a lot of other needs in that time. And two, that line was good for a long, long time. And, you know, in the in the ni- in the years before that, they used a lot of those first and second round picks on that offensive line. And sometimes they turned into, you know, David DeCastro, and sometimes they turned into Mike Adams. Yeah, Mike but, Adams, um, whose biggest uh, claim to fame, I think, was getting stabbed, right? <laughs> Isn't but um but yeah so it, it it you know i mean that is yeah that that and eventually that does come due as well do so, you I see mean, that change do you see that changing because i look and say hey you know maybe uh dan o and kendrick green weren't my my wish list going into the season but now that they've played every snap of the season so far i kind of expect them to be there next year well i do too provided that they make that leap from the first year to the second year that so many good players do if that happens then sure the steelers are going to be fine and they still may end up taking an offensive lineman early on next year after you know this defensive lineman too i think you know because i i don't know about trey turner being back and they will have some money in free agency and all this but um but yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see them take an early pick on an offensive lineman next year but they also could have the foundation for a pretty good line too if these guys make that leap might like, need to might end up trading if you have that number 12 might need to trade down for <laughs> a guard and a d lineman you know i mean we don't have the- see now we're doing the draft already this is how oh. they suck you in this is how they suck you in and i hate mock season i don't even i don't know what's going to happen for it's us during mock season. i don't know what's going to happen sunday let alone in <laughs> april all right moving on to uh Let's go to at Tommy Jaggy. Okay. The most touchdowns Heath Miller had in the season was eight when he went to the Pro Bowl in 2012 at age 30. Mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth already has seven as a rookie with four games remaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we saying that Pat should be a Pro Bowl contender? Well, year? I mean, I, I, I'm sure that... You know, also the I mean, the idea of what a tight end changed a lot during Heath's career. It's changed even more since then, when it's like a super big receiver. It um, uh, and also the, that's all the more impressive because it's not like Pat like started right out of the gate this year. I mean, it's there was a lot more of Ebron, particularly early on. I mean, this is genuinely impressive what Fryermouth has done, and he'll continue to get better. 
But um, but yeah, I don't know if he's. I, I I'm not saying he's a pro bowler because I'm sure there's like two or three tight ends I've never heard of that have an insane amount of catches. Well, the, you mean you got the guy in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. you've got the guy in Baltimore, yeah, you've got the guy in well, uh, San Francisco. That's not our conference, but right. Well, so but I'm a, sure there's another guy somewhere. There's another guy. Is it Kelsey? Still, that's a tight end oh, I can name. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm sure he's on the Pro Bowl votes because even I know his name. Like. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to let's go down to at the Pony Express. Andrew mm. Filipponi, I mm. you know he he made the cut this week. A <laughs> uh, huge insight from Zach Banner on the so-called fan. <laughs> uh, Big Ben is a huge Will Ferrell fan and quotes movies like Old School and Wedding Crashers at Steelers practice all the time. Wow. Well, uh, what is this? I you know I'm. I'm a movie quote guy, but it's more okay. like the movies I came up on in the '80s and stuff. I don't, I'm, I can't like pinpoint a uh, Wedding Crashers quote. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, I can remember specific scenes. I also think there's something weird about like quoting a line from a movie while you are already a millionaire, which is definitely something <laughs> that would have happened. But I, I was when I, I, when I read this, I remember reading something I'd read years ago or heard Roethlisberger say about meeting Will Ferrell at something, and Ferrell saying something like, "People always tell me I look like you," and they've had oh. some kind of connection off of that because you can kind of see it like of two celebrities that look not dissimilar to each other i mean i'm sure when you put them next to me i'm sure ben's like a foot taller and i mean as big as feral is but um but yeah but i i can see i can see that it um but yeah like again the idea that like you know i'm worth millions of dollars and i'm quoting you from this movie that i watched on dvd is just that's my boy blue right 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 yeah it's it's and also like is it what are you saying are you quoting these at Najee harris you might even be too young to remember somebody like what you know it, everything hurts <laughs> I, you know i kind of i kind of wish ben might have had a little bit higher higher brow of uh standards when it comes to his movie comedies <laughs> i don't know that's just i'm not going to hold it against him but i'm a, you know i like will ferrell as much as anyone but you know no bill murray there all right let's go. let's move on to at dve sean mm. uh little history here this week in 1972 the steelers practice for their game against the chargers in palm springs frank sinatra is inducted into franco's italian army courtesy of myron cope is frank sinatra the biggest steeler fan of all time we've uh, also got uh technically elvis said that he rooted for the Steelers over the Cowboys uh, in Super Bowl Ten. Oh, I'd never heard that. Okay, he, he told his nurse that okay. apparently. Okay, and I gotta admit, I gotta imagine that o- Obama is a Steelers fan because the Rooneys endorsed him and carried Pennsylvania. Right, exactly, and and they made the ambassador thing. Uh I mean, I I I, I would still ha- have. Yeah, I mean it. It's hard for me not to say Frank just because he came before all of this. Yeah. Like, is Elvis, Elvis isn't rooting in Super Bowl Ten. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like, because if, if this is happening and, and you see this just a few days before, you know. This is a week before the, the immaculate, immaculate reception. reception. So yeah. also, so Frank very much could have had a feeling of like, who are these guys? Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, it, you know, I also, having lived in California for a while now, I am intrigued by the idea about like, oh, we're playing the Chargers. Let's, you know, practice like, what, 500 miles away? <laughs> <laughs> several hours like the drive from san diego to palm springs is what four hours at least like it, um, so yeah so i so the idea yeah, i'm gonna have to go with frank just because like he got in before any of the rest of this he was the first but he was before the bandwagon before mm-hmm. the immaculate reception frank sinatra was a fan i think you might be right frank although i think it's uh, to me it's always funny i'd love to 
uh, talked to someone about the history of this that that Franco's Italian army, like, right. like, you know, like Tony Soprano isn't letting their daughter date Franco. You exactly. Know? Like, well, well, what I've always heard about this exact story is that, my, wow, my voice cracked there, is that Myron lied to Frank about where in Jersey Franco Harris was from. I, I, I mean, I forget what he told. He told Sinatra that Franco was from whatever city in Jersey he's from, and he's actually from another one. I mean, it, you know. All right, one one more thing while we're talking about fans here. Mm-hmm. We'll go to at Jaxelberg from uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Joshua Axelrod. Mm-hmm. Can confirm that after playing a Yinzer on six seasons of This Is Us, Milo Ventimiglia is 100% a Steelers fan. So uh, is this the greatest fictional Steelers fan? We've got Jack Persons from This Is Us. Uh, I mean, that's that's not a bad one. I'm trying to think. The you only know- other thing I could come up with was... Uh, the Longest Yard, played by uh, Adam yeah. Sandler, and then even Burt Reynolds in the original. Mm. The quarterback there, Paul Crew, was a former Steelers quarterback. Oh, he was a former Steelers quarterback. Okay, I mean, it's you said specifically fan. I was thinking like... Well, th- sure. I mean, th- David Koechner's family and Krampus are root for the Steelers. That comes okay. out. I mean, it's a holiday season movie. At, uh, that counts. Uh, I mean, it, um, I, I don't think that's as famous as Milo Ventimiglia. It, um, but, well, you know, if certainly, I don't know, I don't think he's won an Emmy, but the show has certainly been up for him. Oh, yeah, no, my aunt, my mom and aunt watch it all the time. They really like it. it well, um, there's also a G.I. Joe character named Steeler. Because he was from Pittsburgh. He was a mortar expert. He didn't didn't have anything to do with steel, but he was from Pittsburgh, so his codename was Steeler. See, that seems like one of the rare things in G.I. Joe that actually sounds like something that might have happened in the Army. Like, oh, that guy's (laughs) from Pittsburgh. We're going to call him Steeler. Steeler. Like, that makes sense to me. There is a, um, what is it? A, uh, 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 um, the, the, the Steagle. There was that yeah. uh, the classic. Uh, I mean, I've never seen it, but I mean, but that's it, it's the idea is that he's like he's a nerd that knows all these pointless facts, and that's where I think he comes he comes up with the fact that the Steelers and Eagles played together. I don't know if he necessarily counts as a fan, but um, but yeah, those are the ones. Like uh, as soon as we end this podcast, I'll think of like a million sure. Steeler fans in popular culture that I haven't thought of it fictionally. But well, it, we'll, um, we'll give it to we'll give it to Jack Pearson from This mm-hmm. Is Us. Yeah, I, I still think right now the current. Uh, celebrity ranking with Steeler fans out there. It's got to be still, um, uh, gosh, Mike and Molly. Why can't I think of his name? Yeah, yeah, Billy Gardell. Billy Gardell. Billy Gardell. Yeah. Uh, dude from True Blood who's married to Sofia Vergara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe. Um, Ma- um, yeah, Manganella. Man- Manganiello. Yeah, sure. Uh, Brett Michaels from yeah. Poison. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be your top three. Uh, DMC, DM, run DMC. Okay, that might Snoop. be your, Snoop. 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 Snoop's probably number one overall, though. He was at the he was at the Chargers game, right? And it's and remember he used to post those videos about how mad he'd get at Todd Haley after a loss. Yeah, he was one of those fans. I, okay, I'll give him a. I'll give him a. <laughs> well, I'm uh, just saying he's a little more famous than those other people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. Brett Michaels. Okay, he's no slouch. Well, I mean, it's a 20, no, he's not. But also, it's, it's 2021. Like I mean, you know. All right. Well, let's uh, you know, let's give the final word here to NFL on CBS almost half of the NFL is between six and seven and seven and six so you know even though everyone seems to think we're mediocre we're really just middle of the pack which I guess is mediocre I guess it's <laughs> I mean a- you wanted parody you yeah. got parody which is great which again beats the alternative of baseball where you know a third of these teams at least are out by Memorial Day exactly and uh, you know, we should be happy that we're still in it with three games left in the season and uh, four four games left. I, I, I'm, I know I'm this, it. this week 18 thing is so weird. Dude. Yeah, I, I know twice uh, on twice. I said, oh, we're going to go six, nine, six and one. And then I'm like, 
that doesn't add up at all. I don't. All right. Uh, I know we've been long today, but I hope uh, that you appreciate it. Have a great Christmas. Follow yeah. us on Twitter. I am at Kyle Kreiss. Yeah. And at Greg Benevent, uh, G-R-E-G, B as in boy, E-N-E, V as in Victor, E-N-T. Uh, keep listening to Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network and have a Merry Christmas. Are we doing one of these before Christmas again? Oh, we have another Christmas. Oh, shoot. It's not Christmas yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll be. We'll, we'll see you before Christmas. Yeah. Screw see you Christmas. <laughs>